0: good morning good afternoon and good evening or whenever you may be listening welcome to episode 14 of the hang time with Helgi podcast i am your host luke Halgerson. you know how it goes five topics let's get right into it topic number one on this june 28th of 2020 It's been one hectic year, and we got a lot of news coming up. First topic I want to get to today, obviously the biggest story of the day. Cam Newton is officially signed, and he signs to the evil empire that is the New England Patriots. The former MVP reached an agreement on a one-year incentive-laden deal with the New England Patriots, reported by Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen. This is a huge move. Obviously, they lost Tom Brady. He decided to take his talents to Tampa and play for the Buccaneers for the next two seasons while Cam Newton was a free agent released by Carolina. It was only a matter of time before this guy gets got signed. He's way too talented. He's unbelievable when healthy, but that's the big thing. Is he healthy? Can he play? Can he stay on the field long enough to keep his team in playoff contention? We saw it with Carolina. He's an unbelievable player when healthy. I think his accuracy is a a little shaky at times, but he's still a beast. Cam is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If you really narrow it down, I would say, you know, you could argue top 10. I think you could easily argue top 10 when healthy, but for sure top 12. He's no worse than the 12th best quarterback in the league. With his ability to throw, run, his size, Cam's an absolute monster. And what better team for him to go to to kind of rejuvenate his career? I think, you know, last year he was just injured the whole time. He never really played in Carolina. And that's just, that's the big thing. The shoulder, is it healthy? Are his legs healthy? Can he still move like he used to be able to? Like We forget how good Cam Newton was. He's an absolutely spectacular player. And now he's Bill Belichick's his coach. Josh McDaniels, his offensive coordinator, with how they like to run the ball and the different offensive schemes they choose to do. Whew. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be really, really dangerous. And I think it's a huge upgrade from what they had. Jared Stidham was going to be the projected starter until they signed Cam, and his backup was Brian Hoyer obviously this is cam's job to lose cam should come in and be the starter from day one yeah he took less money than he probably could have got elsewhere but how many teams were looking in his direction you know there wasn't a lot of buzz around cam newton and where he was going to go i wish the bears would have signed him because i think he's way better than trubisky and Foles. but this is a great opportunity to prove that he can play within a system he can play for a coach it's an interesting dynamic because Belichick has always been a guy who says, don't talk, don't be flashy, come here, do your job. Cam now has to do that. Cam's always been kind of, you know, I wouldn't say outspoken, but he's a little out of character, you know, out of the box kind of guy. He, You know, he wears crazy outfits. You know, he's big in the media. He's definitely one of the superstars of the NFL. It's, it's going to be interesting, to say the least, but it, it's definitely a low-risk, high-reward situation for the Patriots. He, it's a modest contract. The most it could be worth is $7.5 million. They still got a spectacular defense. I'm sure they're going to try and make moves on the offensive end. I assume it's not going to just stop with signing Cam. I love it. I've wanted to camp cam to get a job for a while now he's just de- he deserves to be a starter in this league it's not even a question it's not even a question if healthy cam newton is an absolute beast out there absolute monster and he's shown he can take a team to the super bowl when healthy he can take his team to the super bowl i know we like to say oh that was 2015 that was old Cam." well carolina didn't do him many favors and that could be a bit of an issue with the patriots but they were still amazing last year. And if you're an AFC East team, you got to be pissed. You assume the division is finally open. Patriots are going to st- take a step back, have a learning year with the new quarterback. Still going to have a dangerous defense, not going to be easy to beat, but they're not going to be favored in a lot of games. Now with Cam coming to town, they're going to be very dangerous. They're going to be very dangerous. According to the Caesar Sportsbook, Patriots move from 25 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl, now 20 to 1 odds. You know, and they didn't jump off much. Um, you know, they were ten to one odds to win the AFC. Now they're nine to one. So clearly, Vegas thinks Cam can turn this team around a little bit. That from what they were p- projected. You know, his, just looking at his 2015 season, he was unbelievable. Accounted for 45 total touchdowns. Yeah, they lost in the Super Bowl to the Broncos. Broncos have an all-time defense. Haven't been back to the, uh, to the playoffs since 2017 when they lost to the Saints in a wild card game. It's, it's those injuries. He's caught that injury bug. It's, it's taken a toll on his career, but he's accounted for 182 touchdowns over his career, thrown for 29,000 yards, rushed for 4,806 yards, rushed for 58 touchdowns. You know, the guy's a beast. I really like Cam. I think he can lead a team to the Super Bowl. I firmly believe he's capable of doing it. So at this point, I don't think the Patriots are going anywhere. I think the Patriots are definitely contenders in that division with the Bills. They're not just going to go away now. And they were just in the playoffs last year. They were just the number two seed. Yeah, they lost to Tennessee. But I think Cam could still make things happen still think he can make things happen so obviously it's big news congrats cam newton i've wanted you to get signed for a while i'm surprised it took this long but it was only a matter of time before he got signed and was given the keys to an offense and yeah he's gonna have to come in and improve it he's gonna have to come in and prove that he's the starter but when healthy if he's healthy 100 percent he'll prove that he'll be the starter and patriots whoo they're definitely must-see football again. But with Brady leaving, they weren't. Now with signing Cam, they are must-see football. So going to be a great season. Please, God, let them play football this year. Let them play. Moving on, topic number two is the NBA schedule is now officially set. And I couldn't be more ecstatic I'm so thrilled that we're finally getting back to action with the NBA. Everything's coming together. And just hearing about how it's going to play out, there's going to be a max of seven games per day. tip offs are going to take place from noon till 9 p.m. at night. Three total courts, two for national TV. And opening night comes July 30th. And our first matchup, we could to see the Utah Jazz take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously, they're just shoving Zion right in our face early from the jump. And then the second game, absolutely glorious. Who, whoever does the scheduling for the NBA, just they know what they're doing to get these TV ratings. Clippers versus the Lakers. You couldn't ask for anything better. You couldn't ask for two teams to match up better than the first night of when the NBA comes back. Absolutely ecstatic. Oh, I can't get enough of it. And if you're not familiar with what's going to go on, the NBA season will resume with 22 teams in Orlando beginning on July 30th. All teams will play eight regular season games to determine the playoff seeding. The current 16 teams and, um, what is it, eight additional? Six additional? Yeah, six additional. The Pelicans, Spurs, Blazers, Kings, Suns, and Wizards are all going to fight for their respective eight seeds in their conference and a potential play-in should uh, the number eight seed have a four-game lead at the end of the regular season, then that team will be awarded the final spot. If they do not, the number eight and the number nine seeds will compete in a play-in tournament. The number eight seed only needs to win once, but the number nine seed must win twice to claim that final playoff spot. It's up for grabs. That Western Conference is close. It's only three The Memphis Grizzlies have a a three-and-a-half-game lead over the Trailblazers, Kings, and Pelicans. And just so everyone knows, Pelicans have the easiest schedule. Pelicans have the easiest schedule coming up in in the return to play. And and I just think that's funny enough. How how convenient they're trying to get Zion in these playoffs. They want a first-round matchup between LeBron James because the Lakers, all they need to do is win three games and they lock up the number one seed. I think they can win three of five. I think they can win three games out of eight. I for sure believe they can do that. But with the Pelican schedule, let's truly see how easy it is. So they got Utah first. And Utah, you know, they lost Brogdanovich, So that's a big loss. Still have Mitchell. Still have Gobert. Still a good team. But And then the second team they play is the Clippers. And then they got Memphis. And then they got... Sacramento Kings and then they got the Wizards and then they got San Antonio and then they got Sacramento again and their final game is Orlando those are a lot of winnable games those are a lot of winnable games for the Pelicans let me repeat that Jazz Clippers Memphis Kings Wizards Spurs Kings Magic besides that Clippers game they should be pretty much favored But it's kind of tough to predict how these teams are going to do. It really is, because we've never seen anything like this before with them getting this much time off to then come back, have a short training camp, play eight games, and then we go into the playoffs. I think it's going to be really tough to predict what's going to happen. I will give my predictions once we get closer to the NBA season, but not yet. We'll give it that some time, but it's just Fantastic absolutely fantastic that this, that it's all coming together. It's absolutely beautiful. You got to love it. If you're a sports fan, couldn't be more excited. And it's happening in my backyard at the ESPN wide world of sports here in Florida at the Disney complex. They're going to have that puppy locked down and let's get it started, baby. Let's get it started. I'm ready. Give me the NBA. We need it back. Third thing that I want to get to is a little MLB update. Now, the rules, has all officially been decided. They're finally bringing baseball back. Baseball's coming back. They're going to have a 60 uh, game regular season starting on July 3rd. Uh, excuse me, July 23rd and or the 24th. And they're supposed to report to camp this week. July 1st is when they're supposed to report to their respective training camps. Now, I don't know where they're going to show up. I imagine they're going to show up at their home stadiums. I wouldn't assume they're coming to their spring training facilities, especially with the outbreaks that have been happening here in Florida. It, a lot of teams have spring training facilities. I know the Blue Jays have talked about there. they don't want people reporting there. They want them reporting to the Rogers Center in uh, Toronto. But, like I said, training camp starts July 1st. Trade deadline will be August thirty first. Going to be a universal DH. Extra inning games will start with runners on second base. I do like one of the rules, the all time DH. I love how there's going to be universal DH. No more pitchers hitting. It's fantastic. It's what the league should officially go to. They're going to do it for the next two years. I think they're going to make the rule change of them having a DH in the NL moving forward. It's just going to make the game better. It's going to make the NL more pleasing. It's going to put more runs on the board, better hitters coming up. It's going to be fantastic. And um, how it kind of breaks down, today was kind of nice. They released uh, 60-man rosters as far as who's showing up to camp. And uh, player pool deadline is going to work like this. There's going to be a league-wide transaction uh, on Friday. However, there are limitations to who can be traded, with only players included in the team's player pool eligible to be sent to another club. So trades are still gonna happen in this 60-game season. They can still make deals. Teams can still wheel and deal if they want to. And before Sunday today, like I said, 30 teams must submit a 60-man player pool, which will be comprised of players eligible to play throughout the shortened campaign. No team can exceed the 60-game player limit, but clubs can make standard transactions throughout the season. If a team wants to add a new player to its pool, it must remove one first. All players on a team's 40-man roster will be included in the squad's pool. They can be removed through standard transactions and are also eligible to be placed on the new 45-day injured list. With temporarily replacing the 60-day injury list, uh, the new COVID-19 injury list, or the suspended list of all 60 Uh, players in the player pool, 30 will be eligible for opening day, while the other 30 will remain at an alternate trading site in case they are needed. So they're definitely gonna, at some point, probably use the spring training facilities since they're only gonna have 30 guys on their opening day roster. But, and that's what you gotta do with these crazy times. Guys are definitely gonna get the COVID-19. You just gotta contain the outbreak so not a lot of players get it. So if one guy tests positive, You got to make sure to quarantine them, separate them. Obviously, do they're doing their due diligence with that. And I think guys are going to get it. It's going to happen. It's just you got to make sure not a lot of guys get it, so you can continue the season. And. there's this taxi squad. Each team will be permitted to use a 3-player taxi squad on every road trip. Players on the squad can be used as injury replacements or to fill a spot after a teammate tests positive for the coronavirus. The purpose of the taxi squad is to avoid needing to fly in players following an injury. All taxi squad uh must include a catcher when on road trips. Uh ends, taxi squad players will return to their team's alternative training site, although the catcher will remain and work in the bullpen. And then the roster sizes will go as this. When a regular season begins on July 23rd or 24th, teams can submit a roster of up to 30 players with a minimum of 25. Two weeks later, rosters will be trimmed to 28 and then to 26 two weeks after that. Once the roster hits 26, teams can add a 27th player for double headers. So, Still having your pretty standard rosters. You know, they're not mixing that up too much. Yeah, they're starting it off early, but that's kind of what they need to do with the technically shortened spring training on how they're going to do it. And apparently teams can have a little preseason. They can have three, uh, I think it's up to three um, additional games before the season starts. And I know the Cubs and White Sox have already discussed about doing this. I've seen reports on that. And, like I said, with the trade deadline, it's going to be moved from July 31st to August 31st. Only teams in 60 man player pools are eligible to be traded, and all players traded must immediately be added to their new club's pool following the transaction. So, a lot of good stuff for baseball. Baseball is going to happen. We're, we're going to see the f- full glimpse of it come Wednesday. They're reporting. They're showing up. Now, where they're showing up, I'm sure they're still figuring out how they're gonna handle it, whether it's spring training, their actual home stadiums. And opening night, the 23rd or 24th, it's coming right up. The the end of July, it's fantastic. We're finally getting baseball started. Finally, they dragged their feet long enough. It's time to get this puppy rolling. And I'm seeing reports. First game, the Washington Nationals against the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer, night one. I gotta tell you, whoever does the scheduling for these leagues is absolutely on point. They know what they're doing. And I'm looking forward for what's to come for this baseball season. It's been long overdue for this to get started. So thank thank goodness, finally coming back. Let's play ball. It should be the dog days of summer already here at the end of June, but now we're finally getting it come July. Let's get this puppy started and rolling. Topic number four, I'm going to go back to the NBA. A lot of moves have already been made. A lot of moves have already been made. Teams are making decisions on what they're going to do, how they're going to construct their rosters, what they're going to make happen. And teams actually have, I believe, until I got to look for sure. I want to give you guys the right information on here. Teams have... until the what is it here the 30th yeah they have till the 30th to add a man to their roster yeah they have till June 30th at midnight to uh, sign a player so uh, currently we're in the transaction window and I'm just going to go over guys who have already officially been signed you know it's a short list but still some big names Kind of big names you know no superstars or anything obviously because you know the superstars are playing but joe kim noah has officially signed to the clippers Corey brewer will be playing for the sacramento kings um who else we got here tyler johnson is going to be with the nets they replace kyrie irving uh anthony tolliver will be playing for the memphis grizzlies Tyler Zeller is going to play for the Spurs with LaMarcus Aldridge being out. Uh, Jeremy Grant is going to play for the Wizards with John Wall being out. Who else we got here? Justin Anderson uh, is going to be with the Nets. So a few guys on there who could, you know, help out out a roster. Uh, I heard another one. Trey Burke will be signing to the Dallas Mavericks as Willie Cauley's sign announces that he will be sitting out as he is expecting a kid in July, so yeah, prioritizing family, and you got to respect that decision. You know, there are still some guys out there who I think could really help out teams, really make a difference. I know I went over it last podcast with the five guys. I'm going to give you five more names that I think could actually help teams. You know, Alan Crabb, 3D and guy, he's a shooter. Teams need shooters. You need shooters nowadays. And he's a guy who can shoot, he can guard your two, you're one, I think he'd be a good pickup for team. Uh, another guy, Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford should be playing. Uh, I know he's 40, but he's still a walking bucket. Uh, you know, not a great defender, but if you can give a team 10, 12 points off the bench, teams play enough zone defense to where he won't get singled out, he won't get iso on all the time. Yeah, I'm sure he's still keeping himself in great shape. Jamal Crawford should be on a roster. Another guy, old veteran Joe Johnson. The big 3 MVP Joe Johnson. I think he can still play at this level. I think he can for sure still play in the NBA. You know, he's got the shooting touch, he's got the scoring ability again, not a great defender with his age, but that's what you what you need is a guy who can come off the bench and score. He he does that. Takes pressure off the starting lineup and can get you a bucket on the bench. He's what you need at a time like this. He's the kind of player you need. Another guy, I think Pau Gasol can still play. I mean, you know, his his skill set as far as a big dumping it down to him is kind of a lost art and doesn't get enough attention anymore because obviously it's a transition game. A lot of threes, a lot of quick baskets, dumping it down to Gasol, slows it down. But I think he's still a capable backup center in this league and should have an opportunity to prove himself if he wants to play in Orlando. I think he's fully capable of showing that he has the ability to get it done. And Gasol, this is another guy. And then the final guy that I think... You know, I'm not really a big fan of him, but Ryan Anderson, isn't. three-point shooting is key in this league now. You need guys who can knock down shots. He can be a stretch four. He can be the stretch four in your second unit, knock down a couple threes, and you only need to limit him to 10, 12, 15 minutes a night at max. That's all you need from him. Just knock down a couple threes and do your job. That's it. So... I think those guys, it's only a matter of time before most of these guys get signed because they got till June 30th. It's just two days away, and that's what you need. You need shooting. All those guys except for Gasol can really knock it down from the outside, so excited to see the following moves that are going to happen, but let's get this NBA season rolling, baby. Let's get it rolling. Go time. Go time. Fifth and final topic that I want to get to Dak Prescott finally signs a franchise tag. Now, I know it's not the contract he wants, but this is what he had to do. The Dallas Cowboy quarterback signed a one year tender worth $31.4 million um, last Monday. Uh, the move was expected after the team's uh, virtual offseason ended. You know, it was just a matter of time before he gets signed. Both sides, they, they can still sign him to a longer deal. They can still sign him to a longer contract they have till July 15 to work something out. Um, if not, he'll play under the franchise tag and have to prove his worth again. And I've heard multiple reports on Dak's uh, contract situation. I heard the Cowboys offered him a five-year contract to make him the richest quarterback in the league, and he declined it because reports are saying that he wants a four-year contract. And I don't believe if you get signed to a five-year deal, if a team wants to sign you for that long, how could you turn it down? How could you turn that kind of money, that kind of commitment away? Now, I get maybe he wants to go into free agency faster, but like one year, is that going to make a difference? If he's supposedly that good and that talented, he should be worth the money after the contract. If, every, if all the hype that's going towards Dak is true, he should be worth the money after five years compared to four years. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt him in the long run. That's why I don't think they saw, offered him that long a contract. Uh, I truly believe that they have offered him a smaller contract. I'm sure he's probably honestly seen a four-year deal, maybe even a three-year. I, I'm just speculating here. I really am just speculating because I don't know because I'm not that big a Dak believer. You know, I think quarterback's the toughest decision, uh, you know, to sign a guy, but you need a quarterback. It's make or break. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not winning. No team has survived without not having a for-sure starting quarterback. And Dak is a for-sure starting quarterback. You know, I think, you know, he might be top 15, but – you know, he, he gets it done during the regular season. Got to show me something in the postseason. No excuses here for the Cowboys. They got to be unbelievable. You know, he's a two-time Pro Bowler. I, I, don't, I just don't know. Uh, so, like I said, they reportedly offered him a five-year contract. Dak prefers four, wants to get to free agency again at the age of 30. It's just, you know, guys are showing they can play a long time. Tom Brady, I know he's a bit of an outlier, is 42. But Aaron Rodgers is, what, 36, 37? He's old, and he's still getting it done. Guys at a prime age can still get it done. And 30, is that's prime. Those are the prime years right there, especially without the quarterback position. You're not getting touched as much. You're not getting hit as hard. So I can only imagine that eventually they're going to get something worked out. I wouldn't imagine that they're going to keep Dak Uh, under the franchise tag for another year after this one just it really comes down to what they agree upon and it's you you need the starting quarterback I guess Dak is that but it remains to be seen if he can get it done in the playoffs let's see if the two-time pro bowler can prove me wrong I would love for him to prove me wrong prove me wrong Dak win some playoff games go get it done out there prove me wrong he has all the talent in the world around him behind him, in front of him. Get it done. Show me you can be great. Show me you belong in the upper echelon of quarterbacks that people put you in. You know, he's ranked. I see all the time people say, oh, he's top five quarterback. I don't see it. Not yet. I haven't seen it yet. I know we can go look at the stats, but stats can prove you, your argument any way you want. You can pull up stats to prove that he's great. You can pull up stats to prove that he's just all right. So prove me wrong, Dak. Show me you can get it done. And those are the five topics of the day. Now, the final thing I want to get to, my unpopular opinion. With these crazy times and all that's going on, things are are happening in the world. And something that's happening, a lot of things are changing their names. I know there will no longer be Aunt Jemima. Uncle Ben will no longer be a thing. Mrs. Buttersworth will no longer be a thing. All these breakfast things are changing their name because they have racial innuendos surrounding them and their background. And that that just leaves something that comes to my mind of something that has to change its name. Now, I'm not a big fan of all this because I think political correctness is fascism pretending to be manners. But I think this team has had to change what they call themselves for the longest. And it's pretty obvious who it is. It's the Washington Redskins. They need to change their name. They just have to change it. It's an absolute joke that they have been able to go this long and have their team name that. And I can see that Daniel Snyder has been very quiet through this whole thing. All the owners have in the NFL. Not any of them are talking. They haven't spoken anything in regarding to supporting players, anything like that. But they they need to change their name. It it's a racial insensitive statement. Washington Redskins, and I know Snyder likes to say, "Oh, you know, I'm uh, we're supporting them," and it's like, no, no, you're not. You're not doing that. You're just being stubborn and don't want to change the name. They need to change their name. Frankly, they already got rid of a statue of a former owner that refused to sign black players until the government stepped in and forced them. John F. Kennedy, when he was president, I can't remember the owner's name, and frankly, we don't need to, but this racist fuck just refused to sign black players until like 1968, until the government stepped in and was like, no, you're not playing in Washington until you sign black players. And, oh, reluctantly did it. Washington happened to be the last team to sign African-Americans to their roster. Absolute embarrassment. And for some reason, this guy had a statue out in front of the stadium and it got, you know, vandalized and was taken down, rightfully so. It shouldn't have been up in the first place because he's racist scum. But now they have this racist name and it needs to change. And. We can say whatever we want. I don't get easily offended. But I gotta tell you, if other teams had a racist name to it regarding black people, Asian people, if they had anything in association to that, they'd have to change it. There'd be public outcry to change it. It would be absolute madness for for you to have to change it. It needs to be done. Make it happen. The NFL needs to step in. The players need to speak up about this. It's an absolute joke that they've managed to go this long with keep, being able to keep the name the Washington Redskins. You're not holding up any tradition because you're a joke of an organization. Yeah, they were good a while ago, and, but that doesn't make a difference. Regardless how talented your organization was, you can't be f- shoving racist names down our throat and expecting it to sit by. I'm not a big fan of all this name changing stuff, but this is something I've believed for a while. They, they shouldn't be named the Washington Redskins. And, and you can just think about it another way. Just think about other racist names that are out there. Uh, there aren't any. They don't exist. I know we'd like to say, oh, the Blackhawks, uh, the hockey team in Chicago should change their name. I don't know. The Black Hawk tribe is from Illinois, kind of makes sense it makes sense to me anyways, Florida State Seminoles, college, you know, the big college in Tallahassee, people are saying they should change their name. Well, the Seminole tribe, you know, is from that area. You know, they lived in that area. Indigenous people are from that area. So I don't really see the connection there because frankly, I don't see them, those teams doing anything that are racist, but a team literally has their name Redskins. I I would consider that an offensive term towards the indigenous people of this country. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm not an Indian. Maybe an Indian can tell me otherwise. Maybe someone uh, with Indian descent can tell me, feel free, feel free to tell me I'm wrong, but I think this team should 100% change their name. They're an absolute joke. They're an absolute embarrassment to the NFL. And they should step in and do something about it. And that is my unpopular opinion. Redskins, change your name. Well, that's going to do it. Episode 14 made it real quick and short. Episodes are going to keep coming, I promise. So stay tuned. And remember, during these hectic times, that is the coronavirus pandemic. Wash your damn hands. All right, I'm out. Peace.